Over on Rock 106.9, we'll pass out those Sammy Hagar tickets around 9.30 this morning. That show's happening at the Hard Rock Roxino October the 17th. I'm going to go, so are you. We'll get you hooked up with those tickets around 9.30 this morning. We're available online at WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday's show, make sure you get that podcast to catch up with the rest of the class. Spent a lot of time on MGK and and Eminem yesterday. Got sent this this morning. For a guy who can't chart, look, his albums chart pretty high. Yeah, you sent me the top hip-hop albums when they got released. Not the Billboard chart. Where's he chart on those? Oh, yeah, 55th is where he charted on that. So, yeah, if you get it all the way down to the one genre, he's got, dude, Mushroom had charts in the metal charts. Are they a great band? No, they're a good band, pretty solid band. They're not great. And so they'll chart on the metal charts, just like Eminem's going to chart on the hip-hop charts. Give me the overall chart. Also, when I'm talking charting, I'm talking songs. Where are those? Keep saying it. MGK's three records in. If we were getting a big MGK song, we'd already have it. We'd already have it. I also saw this to start the morning, and I, don't, I think this is a combination of two things here. But the Emmys had the worst ratings they've ever had. Lowest ever. Now, I don't think that's solely because they went political. They were political last year and the year before. I'm just guessing. I mean, look how this stuff goes. We've been arguing about this stuff for years now. So I don't think it's all about that. I also think that there's part of America that's just like, dude, why are we watching award ceremonies anymore? It feels very pat yourself on the back. And everything that's hot right now is pointing out that, that somebody else has a worse struggle than you and make sure you're aware of everybody else's struggle. Then I'm sure it falls a little flat for middle America to be like, why are these people in $10,000 dresses patting themselves on the back for a movie or a TV show that I didn't watch? You know what I mean? I think that has a lot to do with it. Now you add in that all they want to get up there and be nauseating about their political side, then, yeah, you're going to drive the ratings down. Yeah, I don't ever recall really being like into an award show ever. outside of like MTV. MTV, yeah, right. when, I was, when I was 16, and I thought that was cool. The movie awards. But like at no point in my life, what are the, is, are the Emmys TV? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. If the Emmys are TV. That's, that's a little bit of the problem to me, too, is there's so much of this. And like honestly, I think 35 years ago when there was less on TV and you, had less, channels. and you had less access into these people, and it was like, oh, my gosh, did you see this? We're now... I can literally see that whenever I want to. I don't necessarily delay viewing. You mean? Well, I, I just mean like the the oh my gosh, what is she wearing? Or like or like what's the story here? I already have known that because of TMZ and because of like the the over coverage of of celebrity culture I, so much. Well, that's true. I also think that honestly, we don't our hero worship now is different. Where we've always had it, but these celebrities are less famous. They're, dude, they don't connect with you on the level the way they did way back in the day. They just don't. When more people are famous, everyone is less Let, famous? Yes. Okay. That's like, what I'm saying. Yes. I, 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 I can't necessarily argue with it. I think that... When you see them at home, the parade doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I get, I have the opportunity to go see the wildlife in the African safari. So why do I have to go to the zoo? You know what I mean? Like a parade or a uh, an award show is just parading these people in front of you. Once upon a time, I needed that to see them. I don't now. If I want to see oh, Cardi a collection B, of celebrities on one stage, yeah. You're saying. If I want to see Cardi B, I can see Cardi B. If That's I want to see, you know, uh, whoever. I have access to them already. Now, that being said, I would shut up on the political side of the things, though. I would. I would just get up there. I would pass out awards. I would make it fun. I guess at some point, they're going to tell you to. If you keep losing ratings and you keep losing ratings. No, I'll tell you why I don't think so. Because I think 
A, if you do tell them, now you're a bigot who's on, who's a conservative and now you're a bigot. So that that's a problem. You're not going to do that. And dude, producers feel this way. That's who produces it. So a producer now will the network make you and tell you either don't do this or we're not airing it. I don't know, dude, because do they want the backlash? If you keep losing eyeballs, you're going to lose money. And if you lose money, inevitably, somebody higher up than caring about the backlash is going to say, time to change the narrative. We've got to fix this. I worry what happens then is a progressive company steps up and says, we'll just sponsor the Emmys. And then it's going to get worse. Then it's going to be more nauseating. Companies will only take... Losing money for so long. You know what I'm saying? Anyone sure will be like, all right, hey, we can still like Nike. It's like, yeah, it's easy to stand by our our, our, our statement right now because we're making money off of it. If if you're losing significant amounts of money, you're only going to do that for so That's long. That's true. And if you keep on bombing in ratings, you're going to start losing money. Inevitably, somebody is going to say time to change this narrative. Either we're dropping the coverage of this or yeah, we're dropping funding of this. Yeah, or whatever. But you just skipped over what I just said. What I said was is essentially, dude, a progressive company is going to come along and say we don't care care how many eyeballs it is we just want to be the company that's allowing this to happen i think that once that company starts losing money you only do it for so uh, long i don't know if you're going to lose money i think at the, at the end then if it's only one of you and you're just like the sponsor of it then what happens is is that all the people who want this kind of stuff then support you and you only got to get them for that year it's not like you got to keep them for the next five years. You just got to get them to buy your thing over this next year until the next time the Emmys runners around. But I guess two guys from the SNL hosted it the other night, Colin Jost and uh, Michael Che, I believe is how you say his name. And uh, Michael Che, African-American guy, says, dude, I, I, my mom's not going to watch tonight. She says white people don't thank Jesus enough. And he says it's true. Only Republicans and crackheads thank Jesus. Only white Republicans and crackheads thank Jesus. Like, that's just not a good joke. It's not overly political. I mean, other than this city that he said Republicans, it's just not a good joke. That just goes to show you, dude, dude, SNL has been bad for a little while now. I, I genuinely don't know either of these dudes, so I guess I don't. I mean, Michael Che is like the guy from it right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch it, so I can't be like, yeah, dude sucks, or yeah, dude, it's good, because I, I don't I remember. I wouldn't know. I haven't watched, honestly, in years. It could be the funniest it's ever been, and uh, to, be, to be fair to the conversation, I don't know. My sneaking suspicion is, since I never see or hear anything about it outside of when they do something with Donald Trump and Alec Baldwin, I never hear about SNL outside of that, then my guess is it's not real good. Yeah, I was going to say, and also, I mean, it's not like they have have a ton of recent success stories. You know what I mean? It's not like I can Kate point... Kate McMinnon's doing things, but outside of that, no. Yeah, you can't point to the 20, like, man, these people making movies really came out of that like the tree. Sandler era. Yeah, I don't necessarily... I, I mean, honestly, it's probably 10 years plus since I've really watched it. But again, what was SNL back in the Sandler era? Fun. It wasn't serious. They weren't getting all the way. Now, did they handle like the Bill Clinton things and things? Yeah, but the Bill Clinton things were like oral sex and the, you know what I mean? It wasn't all serious. They weren't, dude, SNL wasn't handling immigration. They weren't talking serious issues. They were talking Monica Lewinsky and then it was Opera Man from Sandler. They kept it fun. This is what I'm always talking about with Hair Rock too. You know why Hair Rock sold out? And sold out the biggest venues in every town it ever played because the chicks wanted to go because it was fun. It was a good time. It was about having fun. Then Corn showed up and was like, dude, my stepdad kind of put his pinky places he shouldn't. And chicks were like, I'm out. 
That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. There is a balancing act for any show, for any anything you are, whether you're a band or what. If you're putting out content into the world, you do have to figure that out because you're right. There is something to be said about like, well, this is who I am. This is where my stance is. And there, okay, there's points in that. But more than anything right now, I think a lot of people are looking for that escapism and somebody is going to cash in by offering. That's it. why this is the third day this week. And I have not yet, I have yet to say the name Brett Kavanaugh in here. I haven't said it in here all week because somebody has to get you back to fun. Somebody has to get you back to having a good time. And you know what? I'm the guy who's built for that. I'm a total good time. I'm a great time. You want to go out with me? I'm a great time to go out with. And somebody's got to get you back to that. Like I've been telling you that, dude, immigration is always the one I use because we argued it in this country for two years. And you don't know a single thing more about it than you did two years ago. So what are we getting? What are we reading all this negative stuff for? What are we ingesting all these shows for? To get, dude, meanwhile, the host who's telling you that stuff on TV, they don't know what they're talking about either. How, like, how often have we seen that? Where it's like the standards of who we put in these positions has been lowered. It has been lowered. Right now you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you some Bob and Tom used to be in there. <laughs> and now you're in there telling us you're going to give us fun and you're screaming at us at 615. I'm yelling at me. But we will not be talking Brett Kavanaugh. I'm going to try to get you guys back more around. We'll do some fun stuff. Browns backers in New York in trouble over the victory fridge. Yeah, you knew this was coming. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're online for you. Facebook.com slash The Stansberry Show. And I posted this yesterday. Telling all the pumpkin spice latte people to like dial it down. Dude, the real OGs of fall are Frankenberry, Count Chocula, and Booberry. We all know that. And this guy says to me, and I don't know, what. I, maybe Phantom can help me make sense of this. Okay. I ate that fifth my pumpkin spice cappuccino. F you. I ate that fifth my pumpkin spice cappuccino. I'm hoping that was talk to text. Maybe he just drank a fifth and in his pumpkin spice cappuccino and he's telling you F you. I don't know. Now, normally I know him a little bit. He's Normally when he comments, he's very complimentary of the of the program. So I think this may have been sarcasm that doesn't get read appropriately across like text, how I'm always saying that happens, especially to me. It's happening in my, I don't know if I'd call it a relationship or not, but it's been happening a lot where it's like I, I text some way the way I speak. She's like, huh? What does that mean? I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, there's got to be, there's got to be, we have to as a society come up with a solution for that because. Well, I, did you know this? The phone's got this new thing now. Where if you just dial the phone number of the person you're trying to text and you press this one button, you can just talk to them now. Well, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll let you talk to them instead. If, if 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 there was a way that we could could con- convey that, hey, this is not meant to be taken seriously, a, a lot of the written word communication, like confusion Where we have, is the sarcasm font? Right? I mean, like, at some point, there's just, and it doesn't have to be some, like, groundbreaking thing. Right, exactly, a font. I brought this idea up before, is that using stars as quotation marks indicates sarcasm. I like star sarcasm um but we just don't have an answer to it yet and it, it's you look at all the problems it's caused how have we not figured something out you would think browns in action tomorrow first energy stadium sam uh, sam darnold the quarterback you should have drafted coming to town now i think the browns have a shot to win this game i do i don't think they win it but i think they have a shot to win it this is a game you could win although that jets defense is for real 
do you feel like that will change your opinion of the Browns, you know, draft decision? If if no. the, whether okay, so if, if the Browns win doesn't change, no. if the Jets roll, obviously that's vindication on your side. Nah, I'm not going to go on either. If I'm not okay. going to if I'm not okay. going to say you know, it completely changes my opinion, then it can't vindicate me either. Here's what I'm going to tell you: Sam Darnold could come in here tomorrow night, throw six picks, and I still want him. I still want him. He's a rookie. He's going to throw picks. Peyton threw a hundred. He's going to throw them. But he's got a higher ceiling, and he's got a better physical makeup for AFC North football than Baker Mayfield does. He just does. Now, I think Baker's going to be good. But by good, I mean like B+. A- maybe if you hand him a roster that's completely and 100% built. We'll just wait till Josh Gordon gets back, man. Well, yeah, we waited. Look how well that worked out. So you think Sam Darnold has an A-plus career then? Because I, I have said, I think Sam Darnold ends with a much better pro career than Baker Mayfield will. Yes, I do. I believe that to be true. Now, I could be wrong on that. Maybe I'll end up wrong on that. I want to be wrong on that. I want to be wrong on this. See, everybody thinks, dude, I'm giving you this opinion because I'm so sure I'm right and that I just want to like dance in here and make fun of the Browns and tell you how right I was. No, I want to be wrong. I just know I'm not. Sam Darnold will have a better career. And I think it'll probably start tomorrow night. I think the game's 27-20, more like 17-14, but honestly... Nobody's allowed to play defense in the league anymore. I think the game's 27-20, but you lose it. And I think it's probably late in the game, Sam Darnold heroics kind of like puts you over the edge. And then there, and then what I've been talking about for a week is going to happen. Guys in the locker room are going to start to go, oh no. The 500 section is going to be like, oh my God, dude, this kid just brought this team back to beat us. And our guy can't get on the field. It's, I'm telling you, I, I think, dude, that you can fool everybody but the player. The optimism... Um, from where the Browns fan base, and I even say probably franchise as well, um, where it started in in hard knocks, and then it quickly turned into like, "Uh, well, it's okay Uh, during that that tie, all of a sudden does feel like you are a one loss away from doom and gloom repeating itself infinitively in front of you, where it's just like everyone's going to feel that way. Everyone's going to lean into that. Like, If they lose, and if they lose in an embarrassing fashion on Thursday night on national television... Your best athlete, by the way, just walked out of the building. Your best freakish athlete just walked out of the building. Just pretended to have a hamstring issue, dude, and then got traded to a Super Bowl contender. This team's a mess. Even our buddy Dustin, I played golf with him yesterday. Right. He's the most optimistic Browns fan you'll ever meet in your entire life. Said to me, goes, thinks they lose week three, Hugh gets fired, Baker Mayfield starts week four. That's the most optimistic Browns fan you'll ever find. As a matter of fact, there's a video on our Facebook page. Go look, go check it out. Facebook.com slash The Sansbury Show from Sunday. I'm at Krause's on 30th, and I'm hanging out with Dustin. We're out on the back patio just drinking buds and eating pizza. And Homeboy is like up and dancing, doing the Rocky fist bumps, all of it. And then they miss the, the extra point, and you just see it on his face. Like, dude, he's the most optimistic Browns fan you'll ever meet. Thinks they get rolled on Thursday, and Baker Mayfield starts week four. Now... I guess you could make the argument of that's a good thing for the Browns is that you would fire Hugh and you would start Baker and now is the new era of it. Firing a coach middle of the season is never good. I was going to say, but that's a tough argument to make. It's never good. It, it does. It definitely does not show stability. When when it comes down to it, if that's what you want, you are you're, you're flying in the face of it. Do you think Todd Haley is the next coach of the of the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I mean it feels logical. I think what they well here's the pro, here's the real problem. Is that if you fire Hugh in season, you promote Todd Haley as interim head coach. Coaches are going to get fired at the end of this season and probably a coach who shouldn't. 
and this roster is pretty good. So finally now you may be able to attract a guy who shouldn't have been fired. And you might be able to get him to come here because now all of a sudden the GM's pretty good. The roster's getting better. You, you think you have the quarterback situation figured out. And if you skip over Haley, we've already seen who Todd Haley is. We've seen it. He's disrespectful to the head coach. At least this head coach he was. We've seen it. So if you skip over him again, now you got mutiny on the staff. I, I know that you can definitely make the argument of, well, the Browns job looks more lucrative than it has in the past. For sure it does. But is there, is there a level of, okay, so you fire Hugh, and then you skip over him, and you're saving yourself to hire somebody at the end of the season. You've crapped out another season. Under four wins at that point is probably more likely than not. Yeah, my bet's looking good. I, I feel like at that point, there is probably a little bit of any real head coach is like, am I really coming out of retirement to do this? Am I really I don't think it's retirement. good? I think there are going to be guys who get fired from jobs too early because that's this league now. And I, God, I wish I, I mean, Hugh Jackson's got, I think, the second best odds in the league to lose his job. Um, and he'll probably lose his job this year and probably should. I have been a huge defender and I, I God, I was wrong. I mean, I just was wrong. I, I, I just, I mean, did you saw it in hard knocks? The guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's a two and, and that's all right, dude. There's good lives in twos. There's dude. I have this job because I was the best two radio had ever seen. Like, that's why I have this job. Dude, being a two is not the worst. Pretty good life. You can build a good life on it. So, I mean, dude, if you wants to go back and be an offensive coordinator, not the worst life. But I think I, I think we've seen it. The head coach experiment might be over. Yeah, I mean, more than seeing it in Hard Knocks, you see it every Sunday at one o'clock. Yeah, you know, no, that's I mean, true. like that's Fair that's point. where it is. So everybody's waiting for these Bud Light fridges to be open, right? Right. These Bud Light uh, victory fridge. Now, right. Browns, dude. Here's the thing about this organization: they got fans all over the place. It's like one of the biggest fan bases across the country. And Browns backers bars are huge, so much so that in New York City, there's like a really big one, and they put their own victory fridge out. But the problem is, is, dude, they locked up beer in a fridge, took pictures of it, and posted it all over social media, but they changed the beer. They used one of Bud Light's biggest beer competitors. Mm. And it's like, guys, mm. did you not know eventually the Browns or Bud Light or somebody was going to get a word of this? And you're in New York City. It's not like you're in, you know what I mean, the middle of nowhere, Iowa, where nobody's going to care. You're in the city where people care. And so, of course, Budweiser is going to be like, no, bro, you ain't doing that. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't assume that Budweiser had like trademarked the idea, but you're definitely getting yourself into like intellectual theft well, there, and of course they're going to come at you for it. Apparently, dude, it was the Browns legal department that sent a cease and desist, saying their wow. creation violated the uh, the Cleveland Browns backers bylaws, and I'm sure the team does have bylaws oh, okay. on okay. on official Browns. Because, dude, you do you have to be. I tried to become a Browns backer bar in Oregon. You do you have to like submit paperwork. They have to like research you. It's not just like hey, post it. We're Browns fans. Come watch it. At this point, uh, I think a big part of why the Browns have such a big backers throughout the country is a lot of people take them on as like the quote-unquote redheaded stepchild of the NFL, where it's like, okay, so bad they're good. I have my team that I follow, and this is my favorite team, but the Browns, you know, these these island of misfit toys, uh, there's support for them because they are so bad, uh, which is just a terrible place to be. I just always, you know what, you might be right on that. I just assumed it was so many people left Ohio. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure, and there's, you know, there's, there's a million different ways you find yourself in the misery that is Cleveland Brown fandom, um, but I've personally known people, like when I lived in California, like, one of, one of the dudes I worked with was like, dude, I love the Browns because well, they're terrible. Okay, I have to address this because I'm sure Rob's not the only one that feels this way. He says, I'm tired of all the Browns talk and the Baker talk. Okay, well, Rob, I, you know my feeling on this. Your radio's got a bunch of buttons on it, man. Start pushing. 
Start pushing. Not going to hurt my feelings. Start pushing. Find where you want to be. All right? That's a, dude, you know that's going to be my take. You tweet in every morning. I know you listen a lot. You know that's going to be my take. And he's talking, like, dude, are we even going to talk about the Cleveland team on the program that won their division? Honestly, now that we're going to get into playoff baseball, I'll talk more baseball. But, Rob, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know why I talk Baker? You know why I talk the Browns? Because that's what works. That's what works. It's, I'm not in here doing what I want. As a matter of fact, if I was in here doing what I want, we'd talk a lot less sports overall. But it's what works. It's what moves the needle. It's why I talked LeBron as much as I did. Because that's the stuff people care about. Rob, you, you're venting out this frustration because you're, you, you're, you have this feeling over all the things you're watching. All the shows you're watching. All the radio you're listening. You, you've, you're venting this frustration because you feel like nobody's talking Indians. Why is that? Because when they do it, their ratings go down. When they do it, their audience dwindles. I'm talking the things people... I do the show for you guys. I'm talking the things that most people want to hear about. And Browns on, on game week is what people want to talk about. This is football country. Where's the Pro Football Hall of Fame at? Right. I can throw a football to it from where I'm broadcasting. What's always going to be more important to the audience? Football. This is football country. It's just the way it is. Now, if I was in St. Louis, would I talk a ton of baseball? For sure I would. They're baseball crazy. If I was in Cincinnati, would I talk more baseball? For sure I would. They're baseball crazy. They tailgate for baseball in Cincinnati. Cleveland's not a baseball town. It's never been a baseball town. This is Brownstown. Ohio's always been Brownstown. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. But as we get into the playoffs, will I talk a little bit more tribe? For sure I will. It's a long season that people don't care about. So you start, you wait to really address it until they start getting in when all the front runner fans are going to start paying attention to it. Then that's who I have to talk to. This is mass appeal stuff here, dude. It's not niche. It's mass appeal. That's why Van Halen and Aerosmith are the bands. They're mass appeal. It's the way it works. I probably shouldn't have taken this long to explain it to you, but I'm trying not to piss you off and tell you why you're not getting what you particularly want. And it's because if I talked Indians right now, all the Browns fans are going to be like, dude, do you not understand that Sam Darnold's in town tomorrow night? That's what's going to happen. We know the Indians clinched. It was a week ago, wasn't it? That's why that's happening. It's because the Browns move the needle. LeBron moves the needle. And that's what I'm tasked to do. Move the needle. And we'll do it some more next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, where you're getting hooked up with Sammy Hagar. Tickets 9.30 this morning. We'll pass those out. That show, October 17th, Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park. I want to go to that. I like Sammy a lot. We'll make sure you get a set of tickets as well. 9.30. Also, 7 o'clock, the Pro Football Hall of Fame may be in a little bit of trouble. Man, people just... Dude, football, it is. It's being attacked on like four or five different fronts right now. And that bitch is Teflon, because it just keeps shaking stuff off, dude, and just keeps making money. It's a perfect storm against it right now. There's, it is. There's no question. There it, is. It, a million different things playing into it, but it's it's. there's a lot. And you're right, man. That It just remains a, uh, you know, tried, tried fast and steady right now. Oh, there. yeah, dude. No, the media's trying to find the thing to knock football off its peg a little bit. They thought they were going to go with CTE. They were foolish enough to think the fans were going to care about athletes' lives. Not even a little bit, dude. They tried to go that route. Then they tried to go the well. They're 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 racist, even though the other league won't let you do it either. They tried to go that route, and now, dude, now they're going to former player. We'll give you that coming up seven o'clock. All right, this is one of those things that people are telling me they're mad about, but I don't think they're mad about. Okay. And I don't know why you'd be mad about it. That we're the lazy nation. You would think that we're the nation that would be like, yeah, do that. 
Okay. This is now the second, I believe, the second time we're trying to take two products, slam it together in one jar. That way you can eat it faster. And this is mayo chup now, I guess, is going to be happening. Okay. Where they're going to put ketchup and mayonnaise in one bottle. And I saw people freaking out. You can't do that. Well, yeah, you can do that. I mean, you can do it. And more so, nobody's going to make you eat it. No. So what are you angry about? If you're upset about that, if you are genuinely, if there's something going on where it's like, dude, I'm pissed. I saw a little bit of this. So I don't think it's real anger. God damn millennials. They're just so lazy. They can't even. It's like, dude, look, I know I was jumping up and down on the millennials yesterday. But again, I try to find at least two, three things a week that millennials are kind of doing right. Get it on the program because I don't want to be guilty of just like get off my lawn stuff. Like when you're being stupid and young, I'm going to tell you you're being stupid and young. Like yesterday, that kid was being stupid and young. And notice he has kept his mouth shut since then. That's the way it always works. I'll poke the bear. Bear swipes back. Oh, my God, that guy's better at this than me. I better keep my mouth shut. And that's what happened. But I try to get the back of the millennial when I can. I don't think mayo chup is coming out because of you. I was mixing mayonnaise and ketchup in, on my lunch tray in high school. I'm not a millennial. Like, we invented it. Well, probably the generation before me invented it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think for as long as there's been condiments, people have been like, oh, you know what? This is good with this. Like, we can combine right. this. Like, that's not a... And it's... I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I understand that not everyone loves ketchup and not everyone loves mayonnaise and, like, maybe those two things together. But this wasn't like a mayonnaise and maple syrup you know what i mean right like these are standard toppings for a burger i was gonna say this is this is all under the bun anyway yeah so it's not and i'm surprised nobody's came out with the condiment meaning it's a little mayonnaise it's a little ketchup it's a little mustard it's a you know what i mean and some like and probably some relish pieces in there and it's like the condiment i where's that if if even if it were something outlandish if it was somebody was like oh my gosh can you believe they're putting peanut butter and 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 i don't know pickles together i mean dude it's capitalism we're allowed to you yeah. make a make a product and do it but well these, not only that but like a hundred years ago roscoe's put like chicken and waffles together and it's awesome and it works and it's awesome and it works and i guess that's the thing too is like like, I can remember when iced coffees first came out and people were like, oh, my God, you can't ice coffee. If you're making coffee cold, that's never going to work. And it's just like bottles of water where people were like, nope, there's just no possible way people are going to pay for it. And now it's like, dude, people pay billions of dollars. These are huge industries. So, like, I'm not going to get I'm not going to get pissed at, at Heinz or, or whoever this is that's doing this here where it's like, yeah, dude, no, it's, it's, I think it's Heinz. Yeah. W- when you're in the condiment business, you got to keep reinventing yourself. You got to keep pressing refresh, dude. You got to make purple ketchup and mayo chip and you gotta do you gotta you gotta do that what's he gonna do i like the mayo chip idea i kind of like it I mean, although i don't eat a lot of mayonnaise anymore because it's not very good for you actually ketchup's not very good for you either it's just all sugar that's all that's all ketchup is is sugar i um so that's not real good for you either but uh it's um so i don't really mess with a lot of condiments anymore but ketchup or, what's your favorite condiment of all time Probably nacho cheese if that's a condiment. If that's Oof. like if I if I can See, use that as a condiment, you snuck that one in there. Like that wouldn't have been on my. Now I'm not saying you're wrong, but like that wouldn't have been on top of mind on condiment on my on my, on my list. And I, it fits all the descriptions sure. of a condiment. Yeah, I mean you can use you know you can use it as a dip. You, you can, can spread dip it. it. You can do it. Yeah, you can do whatever. So I'm I would I'm going nacho cheese. I think ketchup's probably the gold standard though. Yeah, I was going to say ketchup, but you stole the best answer. Dude, nacho cheese is the way to go. Yeah, on most things, dude. It's going to be better. It's more delicious that way, dude. And it's, it's, it's that What's your favorite cheese? thing to put nacho cheese on? Um, like, are you going to dip a burger in nacho cheese? I would put, I'd definitely put nacho cheese on a burger. I mean, yeah. like, especially if you're going to do, like, some jalapenos on there, maybe, you know, a little, a little Southwest style something going on there. So, yeah, dude, it's nacho cheese is, is where it's at. If I see somebody put mayo chup on a steak, I'm going to throw up. 
Like, I love ketchup, but ketchup on a steak is about as redneck as you can get. Like, that's pretty white trash right there. Like, 100%. You know what I mean? You're either four years old or white trash. Like, that's the only people who do that. There is more Stansberry Show for you. And, like I said, the Pro Football Hall of Fame might have a little bit of a PR problem here. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, 930. We'll send you to see Sammy Hagar. He's playing October 17th. Hard Rock. We'll get you in. There's an onslaught against football right now. It started with CTE a few years ago with ESPN. Notice now, what'd the league do? What'd the league do? In response to ESPN just going overboard on CTE, what'd the league do? If you paid attention, here's what they did. They changed the Monday night matchups, which are at ESPN, took all the good games, created their own Thursday night thing, and then gave it to a rival network in Fox who was not covering CTE as harshly. Oh, you want to expose the negative sides of our game? Cool. We'll take the good games away from you. We'll go with another TV partner, and now Monday night games are all, are all junk. Do you feel like they kind Smart. of cut, cut their nose off to spite their face in no. the sense of how many rule changes they've had? Eh, because, maybe. I mean, isn't that to protect player health? Like, I mean, yeah, for the maybe. most part? Maybe. What they got to realize, dude, what the NFL's got to realize more than anything is don't listen to Twitter when they tell you that they care about the athlete because they don't. It's good for retweets. It's good to be like, I'm one of the good people that pretends I care about CTE and the athlete. But at the end of the day, dude, as long as you're out there with the helmet smashing dudes into the ground on third and four, nobody cares. Dude, these guys could all die at 60 and nobody cares. Like, it's just the truth of it. It's like everybody tries to pretend that they're so nice and pure via these platforms, and you're not. You're not. But Eric Dickerson, Hall of Fame running back, amazing player. Like, put this group of players together that's basically threatening, look, we're not coming to the Hall of Fame ceremony anymore. Until you pay us, give us insurance, make sure we can see doctors, and those kind of things. They also want an annual salary. They want a share of league revenue. Now, I don't really know who's right, who's wrong here. I know a lot of the mentality is going to be like, these guys all waste their money while they're playing, save your money while you're playing, and then you'd have money when you're done, right? And that's what you have to do at your job. It's what I'm going to have to do at my job and right. Now, there is an argument on the other side of this, though, dude, that you get to do your job probably for 20, 25 years. I probably get to do this 20. Oh, as a matter of fact, already you've been doing it almost 20. You see what I'm saying? So the earning potential year-wise is much greater for the average human being than it is for the athlete. Now, their money's lopsided for sure, but you get about a six-year window. Okay? And by the time you pay an agent and a, you know what I mean, and this and this, and then you're, you buy a house in a neighborhood where people won't bother you because they have enough money not to care who's living next to them. That's why these guys don't live next to you. It's because you'd be at their door like this. Trust me. I know. You'd be like, imagine if I was the, the kind of person you actually cared about versus just some dude on the radio. You'd be there. That's what you'd be like. That's why they don't live in your neighborhood. That's why they got to buy mansions with gates around them because of you. It's not because of them. It's because of how annoying you would be. That's part of it. But they're basically threatening this. Now, Eric Dickerson made a mistake and he included Kurt Warner and Jerry Rice in his statement. And they both said, look, we agree that we need to do something for, pro, for, for previous athletes of this league. But we're not threatening not showing up. Welcome to the adults in the room, Jerry Rice and Kurt Warner. Welcome to the adults in the room. It's not about being petulant. You want, dude, what you never want to be is divisive. What you want to be is you want to be somebody who people feel like, you know what? That guy comes in and just helps us get things done. They just work and get things done. 
threatening, boycotting. It's all petulant. But again, social media has given these guys their platform and they feel like they can say and do whatever the hell they want. Very, very, what do I want to say, counterproductive to include two guys who did not sign off on Now, that. he's saying it was a miscommunication. He felt like he was told one thing, and now that it came out, these guys were like, uh, maybe now we're not going to do this? Because they both do kind of say, hey, I support this, but I won't necessarily do this. So maybe, They don't want the backlash of saying we're not going to the Hall of Fame. May, maybe a little bit of, of, of like on the fence there for him Straddle. or him and, him and Holland or something Straddle. like that. Um, but at the end of the day, when you send this letter out, as the person who's signing it, who's saying that these guys are on my side, you need to make sure that's clear. So, so right out of the gate, that does undercut kind of what you're trying to, to, to say or, 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 or do here. Now, where this gets tricky is, is that guys who play NFL football today get generational wealth. Okay? Now, the NFL's always paid more than the average, like, schlum salary, I would assume. Right? Yeah. But it was not always generational wealth. It was not always that lopsided. So, do I support going back to eras where these guys weren't making generational money and saying, you know what? Dude, there was the equipment wasn't good enough. The game was too hard. Like, and trying to find a way to make to medically help that. Yes. Now this applies to Hall of Famers. They're talking about here, correct? Right. They're not talking about like, hey, everybody in the NFL that ever played deserves this. This is this is Hall of Famers, guys that you have put the gold jacket on, guys that you have 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 put a bust up of. <laughs> I, I, I definitely I know the concept of like well they make enough money therefore the entire thing is is over. I, I don't know if I necessarily buy it though. I don't know if the NFL has to do this. I don't think. And as a matter of fact, I'll say they don't have they to don't do have this. To. Do I think that this is something they should do? I, I do. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, them having a good relationship with these athletes, with these you know legends of the game, it's not a good look for the brand. To have a homeless Hall of Famer, you know no. what I mean? Like, so no, it's not. It's, it's not a question of you know what's crazy. We care more about whether or not there's a homeless Hall of Famer because of what they did for us, and yet there's homeless veterans all over the goddamn place, and nobody bats an eye. So you know what, dude? Maybe that's what we should be worried about in here right now, and not whether or not Eric Dickerson, who by the way, he's got a pretty cushy TV gig. Also, he's got the Rams broadcasting gig. Like, dude, he's got it pretty good. Not that, dude, not that we shouldn't do that, but it's like, dude, this is, it's, it's a good insight into like how our priorities are out of whack. Cause we just said that and you're right. It'd be like, dude, wait a minute. That guy, dude, Mean Joe Green's homeless, but it's like, well, that Marine's homeless. And who did more for you? It's that Marine. At the end of the day, I mean, this, that's, that's definitely a point. I, I, but not necessarily new to me. Of course, I. I, in my, I know it's just you know. it's just crazy. I'm not on you. I'm on all of us. Like that, that, that's just crazy. But Eric Dickerson says here, look, we we the undersigned Pro Football Hall of Famers were integral to the creation of the modern NFL, which in 2017, for a league that's in all kind of trouble, I'm always told about 14 billion in revenue. The letter begins, but when the league enshrined us as the greatest ever to play America's most popular sport, they gave us a gold jacket, a bust, and a ring, and that was it. Uh, See, dude, this is about talking about what you got after you were done. What the NFL give you at the beginning of your career? A way out. A way out. And, again, Jason Whitlock points this out all the time. No industry in America has made more black millionaires than the NFL. I mean, dude, literally, dude, that in, that corporation has changed the life of, of for the better of more African Americans than anything else in this country. Even Hillary Clinton and Twitter. Who who do you think 
has the leverage here. Who do you think has the the league? You do? I don't. I do think the players in this situation. Why? Because this isn't just about watching football. It's about the Hall of Fame. And when yeah. they don't show up. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's why, here's why it won't matter. Dude, Bruce Smith was one of my favorite football players of all time. Played in Buffalo. There's my second favorite team. He's a stud. A stud. I don't care if he comes next year or not. You don't. I don't know. Dude, was he here last year? You don't. What, what I'm saying is, dude, is what the NFL will do is they'll go get you guys who just retired two, three years ago, three, four years ago, and they'll just they'll, they'll do that. They'll go who they'll, they'll go find the guys who've retired recently who've made enough money, who will be like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go. That's what they'll do. I think. I think. I think that truthfully, the players and and the leagues obviously got the power. You know how I know the leagues got the power? The best wide receiver of all time said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah don't put my name on that." That's how I know the league's got the power. Because Jerry's smart enough to go, yeah, I mean, I kind of want everybody to get paid, but at the end of the day, dude, I'm not, looking to, I'm not looking to piss on the leg of the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When the greatest ever kind of tells you, don't put my name on that, that goes to show you who's got the power. It's the league. It's like I said, it's like what I said with the, uh, with the owners versus the players. Who's got the power? The owners have the power, not the player. Well, the players are the ones on the field to get it done. Right, there's an 18-year-old kid in California running a fast 40 right now who can't wait to sign an NFL contract. That's the thing. is These players, dude, they sign these contracts three years in, you pay them too much money, and then they start going, not right, not right, not right. When you're a junior at USC, how right is it? Pretty right, right? Exactly. This is a, lo- a lot of this is not being thankful enough of what you got. There is a, an element of that. There is a little bit of an element in that. But the owner's got the power and the boycotting issue, too. Dude, you're just fast. You're just fast. That's it. You just got a decent set of hands. And if the owners got together, there's only 32 of them, by the way. How many wide receivers are there? A ton. Only 32 owners, bro. And if the owners get together and say, you know what, dude? Fine. We'll just take the league out. You're just a dude in the park running fast. That owner's going to go back to owning Home Depot or owning the billion-dollar corporation that made him worthy enough to own an NFL franchise. Nobody got rich by owning an NFL franchise. You got rich and then bought an NFL franchise. It's because you have to have that kind of that kind of cred to even get in. Billionaires get turned away all the time. So if you're an NFL owner, dude, you got power, bro. If you're a wide receiver, you got a fast set of legs. The own the money is who's got the power. Who's got more money? The owners. The league's got more money. The the money will always 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 have the power. Why do you think they're on Twitter bitching about it? Because they want the money dispersed out, so more powers dispersed out. And that's why the league's going to dig its heels in and go, ha, ha, ha. no thanks. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106. Hello, everybody. You're looking live at Fansville, a college football utopia. Fansville. Where the rivers flow with ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The yards are lined with chalk, and the homes are filled with framed photos of your head coach. Above the mantle. A place where you can wear a jersey to a job interview. Bold move. And you get that job because the boss was wearing the same jersey. Touchdown. Where the coolers are filled with Dr. Pepper, and so are the fridges, glove compartments, and pretty much any place you can think of. So much Dr. Pepper. Get a taste of Fansville this fall during a college football game near you. Dr. Pepper. The official drink of Fansville. Grab some today. Some game day cravings can't be denied. Stock up on your favorite Dr. Pepper products today at your neighborhood Giant Eagle. Hashtag official drink of fans. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. If you're a Sammy Hagar fan, 9.30 is when we're passing those tickets out. October 17th, he's playing the Hard Rock, and we'll get you in. That should be a good one. Sammy's always a good time. That's a good venue to see somebody like Sammy, too. Big, huge star. That room's kind of uh, intimate's the right word. I don't want to say small, but intimate's definitely the right word. I saw Ace Freely there, and it felt like you were right on top of him. was great. I saw Tonic. They're a band I love. And uh, they were so good, and it just, dude, you're it's it, it, intimate's the right word, and it's a hard rock property, so you just go in there, and it feels like you're supposed to be going to a show. You well, know what I mean? It's got that vibe. I'll, I'll I'll tell you the leg up, and nobody talks about this. I'll tell you the leg up the hard rock has on venues is, dude, the parking's easy yeah. and it's free. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, having worked at the Agora, you know what I mean? Like, dude, the parking can be a little bit tricky there. You know what I mean? Because the lots aren't all that big. So you start selling out. Now you're talking street parking, walking. Neighborhood's not the greatest. Like, you know what I mean? There are are issues at other venues with the parking. So you hear people bitch about that all the time. $25 to park. Hard Rock just pull into the parking lot. Park. I mean, that's one of the best things about that place is you get to go see a killer band and you don't have to pay for parking. Plus they got that buffet and that rock and roll gas station. Dude, you got all your needs taken care of. I don't know why you'd go anywhere else. I'll tell you what's really good in there is Cozar's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steakhouse? So an old, an, an ex-co-worker of mine, Tiffany, works there. And so the, she heard I was in there the one night. She's like, hey, why don't you come in Cozar's? And I, you know what I mean? I'll get you dinner. And they fed me in there, and it was so good. Oh, it was unbelievable. Really good. <sighs> All right, Fantone, how long have you been dating your girlfriend? Pretty much the entire run of this show. So, so about four, four years? Four years, a little bit over at this point, yeah. Okay. Now, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what we're doing. I um, I know we're. Our thing is always we're we're trying to figure out if this is where we're going to be, like a full blown couple. We're on our way there. We're not quite there yet, but we feel like that's where we're headed. Uh, and we're not trying to like jump the gun too much, but which is what's going to make this next subject a little difficult for you and I, because I don't believe that you question at all whether or not your partner is in love with you, or if they're just settling for you. As a matter of fact, I believe your girlfriend can be a little guilty of a little too much hero worship with you. Oh, yeah. And can be sometimes a little bit unrealistic about her hero worship of you. Um, but what we're getting ready to talk about here is signs that your partner, not necessarily in love with you, they're settling for you. This will be tough for us as I'm not in the love situation yet. And I don't believe your girlfriend falls in line for this or that you do for her. I believe you actually do love her. I, I think, but this is such a reoccurring theme for people. You know what I mean? Sure. I think everyone's been in a relationship at some point or another where either you were the person or you were the person being settled for. We both have been yeah, at least course. on one side of this. You're right about that. If you feel as if you cannot freely express your opinions, that that if you can't just freely express your opinions, that basically what that is telling you is that you know that person's kind of they're not right for you. That they're that they're you're kind of settling for or they're settling for you. If they don't want you to talk about how you feel, they don't really like you. I think there has to be a lot of common ground in relationships, but at the end of the day, you're two individual people. Therefore, you will not see eye to eye on everything. And if you can't express that. God, dude, I don't know what bigger of a red flag you need. I don't know what would make me more like, dude, I have to like watch everything I say around Couldn't this do person. It. I'd, I'd be, Couldn't do it. I'd Won't be done. do it. I'd be done. Wouldn't do it. And again, like this, you'll see like, dude, I'm, I'm pretty deep into my life to be single-ish. You know what I mean? And this is part of the reason why, because I don't tolerate certain stuff. I just don't. And now I, I understand you're going to have to give some ground. Relationships are sacrifices and meeting in that common ground. But if yes. you just, but if you can't express yourself, if you can't say I want this or I don't like that or whatever it is, man, run. That's gonna be a hard run. dude. Communication's key. Run. We know sex, money, and communication are the things that break up relationships. Everybody knows that, or you at least should know that by now. 
and that if you're not doing those th- three things properly, you're probably headed for failure. If you constantly feel undervalued and un, uh, like unappreciated in your relationship, somebody somebody is settling for you, and that that's probably true. That's so hard as you get further and further into a relationship not to fall in these ruts. Though. Okay, so okay, I, I I don't disagree with you, but give me an example. Like like, how do you mean that? I just mean like even like 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 one of the things that you 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 use as like a hey a barometer of our relationship is like quality time spent together. And in the beginning, dude, it's so easy to be up each other's butts and be like, oh my gosh, I want to be around you all the time and I love you. But then five years into a relationship, you guys have all this time. You're living together and you're just on your phones. You're you're, yeah. you're 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 the things that you loved about that person that you just, just drove now you wild. Hate. Well, it's just like you're indifferent too. It's just like yeah, that's who they are. Yeah. Uh, now again, spending too much time together in, in the beginning of part of a relationship is where I always tell people you got to slow down. Yeah. Because six months from now, you're going to want to go play poker with your buddies, and you haven't been doing that for six months. And now six months in, she's going to be like, why is your behavior just changing out of nowhere? It's like you got to set these boundaries. As a matter of fact, um, the girl I'm seeing right now, her and I have been talking about this. Is we keep we keep saying this back and forth to one another. We're skipping chapters because we're moving pretty quickly, right? Right. And so one of the things we've said is her schedule and my schedule, they don't necessarily match up evenly. And we're actually happy about it because I have like today, we're having lunch together today and then we're having dinner tonight. It's like a full blown day with us, uh, you know, today. And that's not normal. I haven't seen her in five days, as a matter of fact. And we're both pretty happy about that because it's that self built in. You still have time to miss somebody and you still have that time where it's not like we're not being guilty of. We would be guilty of if our schedules matched up of spending every minute of free time together right now because how much we like one another. And that's probably not healthy that you want to set that up. If your partner doesn't make it a point to plan for your relationship, you are not in a relationship. Somebody's settling for you. That's true. I think that's true. So if it's like you can't see the future together, like, ah, I don't know, I can't talk about that, or like, I don't know, two years from now, no. Well, if what I would think this is more of, maybe I'm wrong, is if your partner's talking about your future and you're hearing the word I more than we, okay. I would be worried about that. Okay. I think if you can't have those conversations about like... Where do we want to be? Do you want to be married? Not like, dude, hey, marry me today. Do you want to have kids? Or are we on our way to getting right. married, are but we... overall, are these things you want? Right. I think okay. I think those have to be conversations you have because if you don't, if that if, if your partner can't have that conversation with you, they, they, they don't see those things. Well, especially the, the older you get, the, the, the less time you have to waste. Right. So like, don't, you know what I mean? Don't waste it trying to figure out what people want. Get in there and figure out what people want. I would agree with absolutely. All of that. If the only time your partner, or the, I'm sorry, if the only time you are connecting with your partner, or vice versa, is when you're having sex, somebody somebody is settling in that relationship, and I would agree with that. Yeah, and if that's the case, I'm willing to bet you are not having very much sex. Yes, I would agree with that. That you're probably on that downward slide yep. of, oh my god, we haven't slept together in like four months. What's going on? Here? Right. If your partner is very critical of your behavior, they're settling. Now, I disagree. Now, I don't think it's bad to be critical of behavior. How do you be critical of said behavior? Right? You got to kid glove it. And I'm going to give you an example. And again, I just told you we're having lunch and we're going to have dinner again tonight. And I have, oh God, I don't know. She's going to be some, whatever. All right. So like this thing's been happening at meals with us. And I don't know how to bridge it. And so when I don't know how to do that, I tell all of you and then she's going to get mad and then it forces the conversation. But sometimes she'll slip into mom mode when we're at, she's got kids, so she'll slip into mom mode when, when we're at dinner or, or lunch, and she'll cut things up on her plate and then put it on the fork and like reach the fork all the way across the table and like kind of feed me at the table a little bit. The first couple of times it was kind of cute, 
And it's like, ah, you're kind of new. You kind of like somebody. It's like, ah, it's not so bad, right? Intimate. Yeah, okay. Right? Wasn't so bad. But the fourth time we were out, I was like, she's turning me into her son. Right. Like, I'm, like, she's just well, like, and it's just like, you, you can tell it's like the maternal instinct's just taking over. We're all used to the roles that we play in life. There's no question about it. And challenging each other out of those roles is a part of the relationship. Like, I, you know, I, I I think it's safe to say that I am a, a, a man boy in the sense of like, I'm 34, never been married, had all these t-shirts, hoodies, right. the, and, you know, uh, tennis shoes, right. So me and my girlfriend, we buy this new house and she has really had to have the conversation with me of like, dude, the old way of like hanging crap on your walls and not cleaning up after yourself that no longer we don't do that now and it's hard because there is that level of like you get used to something you kind of get stuck in your ways there but like i've had it and she had to say to me she's like you can't get offended every time i talk we talk about this she's like we can't we can't turn this were you feeling attacked by that i I shut down i was very much like you felt attacked by that. I, i was very much like oh so so i did all this work and i do all these things and blah 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 and she's like that's not what this is she's like i'm not i'm not showing the lack of appreciation for you she's like i need you to step up here like it's it and and, and it did it was a little good for her it was a little bit of me that was like well dude i do have to stop being like heard about this and so where's I, the big john stud doll i can't head down in the basement now <laughs> down, down in the basement, the basement, down the basement. Well, there it is if your relationship doesn't feel like a partnership somebody is settling i would agree that's what you're doing there are seven billion people on the planet so if you're choosing one it's because what have i always said about relationships a when you get married that's the starting pistol b really what you're doing is saying god this place is pretty awful so let's you and i team up together and we'll we'll, we'll put a two-man right. front on this right. bitch that's what you're doing if they don't express a real interest in the different facets of your life that somebody is settling. Now, see, again, this is where I don't know because my situation's so new. So right now when I'm at Dick's and I'm checking out new golf clubs and I'm swinging them, she's taking video of it. She's like, I just love watching you do it because I know how much you love it. But, dude, three months into it, she's going to be like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. It's, right. It's not so much that whether I do or do not care about your work problems or your friends or even some of your hobbies, but it's like there is that level of I know you care about it, therefore I have to. That's that's I, the phrase I've been repeating most often in the last two months, It's which is it's important to you, so it's important to me. Yeah. I I, mean, I've repeated that phrase so many times in the last two months, and, and I don't even realize where it came from. I don't know what happened to me, dude. I don't, I'm not saying like, well, being sincere about it, but like there is going to be that level of like, like, you can you can complain about Karen at work all you want, right. to, and I'm never really going to care. But being there is what's important. It's not a, it's not a question of like, well, do you really care about this about my office politics? No, not at all. And that's when I knew I was like, yeah, you kind of like her. Like when I listen to uh, dude, I listen to everything she says. I remember everything she said. Like I remember things. And like, well, she'll talk to me like three days later. And I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that was this and this. And she's like, oh my god, you listen to all of that, huh? And like when I realized that when I was at dinner the one night, and I was like, I'm not just nodding, waiting to, to like sign this check out to go home and have sex, right? Like, I'm legitimately trying to, like, listen to what this woman's trying to tell me right now. That's why I was like, yeah, you're probably, yeah, you're probably, it's probably over. <laughs> right? Dude, I'm going to have to get rid of all my stuff, right? I'm going to have to get rid of At least go put it down in the basement, dude. You're going to just, it's the way it's going to have to be. Dude, I like my clutch poster, dude. <laughs> like that thing. Looks good. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Passing out Sammy Hagar tickets for you at 9.30. That shows at the Hard Rock Roxino, October the 17th, and we'll get you in. I'm assuming that a lot of people listening right now have children. Okay. And a lot of you probably have young children. And so I'm guessing that a lot of your kids are still on the Sesame Street stuff. Okay. Got announced the other day that, sure enough, Bert and Ernie are a gay couple. 
A guy who wrote Sesame Street, I guess in the early 90s, I think is when. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Mid 80s is when he worked there. Says, yeah, I wrote him as a gay couple. For sure I did. Now, he's not the guy who invented Bert and Ernie. So I don't know if that was their intentions. Nor do I care. Here's why I want to examine this. Is that, dude, progressive liberal people change their... We change our messaging whenever it suits our argument. We're wishy-washy. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Back in the day, people would get angry about Bert and Ernie and say... That's obviously a homosexual couple. This is a kid's show. Why are there homosexual couples teaching my kids things on television? Right? And what Sesame Street's producers and writers and all the liberal you know, people across the country would have said is, man, I got to tell you, these conservatives just see sex wherever they go. If you've had more sex, you'd see less of it in places where it's not supposed to be. Look at you adding sexuality into a kid's show. It's you're the ones that's seeing this. That's not there. You're putting this into it. And now, 20 years later, no, we were doing it. So just come out and just admit it when you're in the moment doing it. Don't lie about what you're doing. Just come out and say you were doing it. Different standard of, of I mean, I would assume Bert and Ernie were probably 70s, 80s characters. I'm guess, I guess Sesame Street started mid six, late 60s, somewhere in there, I think. D- different standards. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying it's very funny that it went, when in denial, it's no, you're crazy for even thinking it. And then when it's so socially acceptable to talk about, oh, no, you weren't crazy for thinking it. That's exactly what we were doing. This is what I was talking about the other day with the religious people. They always bitch about the sliding of the societal standard, but they're right about it. The societal standard has slipped. Our standard of what we are willing to let kids watch, view, and consume has slipped from when I was a kid. For sure it has. So sometimes they're not paranoid. They're telling you the truth. Now, I'm okay with societal standards slipping because what do I always say about freedom? It's messy. That if I get freedom, then so do you. And that my neighbor's kids can watch that and don't and and they don't care whether or not their kids watch it. But this constant, oh, you're crazy. You're just trying to see, you know, this agenda in here when it's not in there. When in reality, yeah, we've now know since 1984, this was what their agenda was. Now, Sesame Street has come out and said that that is not the case. This writer might have had those intentions or he might have had that idea. What is Sesame Street going to say? Yeah, we were we, we we were all about homosexuality going back to the eight. No, they're not. They're not going to say that. They got to they got to straddle the fence. It's like Kurt Warner and Jerry Rice on the Hall of Fame issue. So you do? You, I mean, do you think that when Sesame Street is saying that they're not, are they being insincere about it? Do I they, think they're being insincere about it. They're yes. being insincere. About I it. absolutely do. Okay. I think most apologies, most like, hey, you know what I mean? Apologies and yeah, get out there and say most spin is insincere. So Bert and Ernie, gay. They're gay. They're gay in the mind of Sesame Street. I feel like they've been gay in the mind of everybody forever. That's why people were talking. That's why we're still talking about it, because everybody just assumed they were gay. To me, I guess when I was a kid, it wasn't something that ever crossed my mind, because I guess I wasn't just like, well, those dudes are gay, because it wasn't... You never thought to yourself as a kid, why do those two guys live together? No, because roommates to me are... I mean, it's a, it wasn't that wasn't like a foreign thought to me. Like, I, I knew that was a thing. Like, oh, people live together that aren't necessarily family units and aren't necessarily uh, lovers. I guess I wasn't having those kind of thoughts when I was like eight watching this. I really wasn't. I wasn't thinking about male grown-up roommates. I wasn't thinking about male gay dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that That just... I, to me, it just never... I never watch added now, it up. Watch now as I get in trouble for this. Okay, and again, I'm going to use this word, and I'm going to choose to use this word by its actual definition. 
that I didn't. Ne- I don't necessarily know if I was watching that going, okay, those guys are having sex together when the camera turns off. They're gay. That's I don't know if that. But I knew that something was, and wait for it, and again, look up the definition of this word, it was odd. It was odd. And back then when I was growing up, that was odd, meaning opposite of traditional or, or and again, I would rather stay away from this word, normal. And I guess maybe there is something about, and I guess when I'm a kid, I definitely looked at it differently. But like, well, for sure. But like, so every time there's heterosexual or if there's two guys living together and I know 90s are different than the 70s, but like Joey and Chandler, did people think they were gay? Oh, there have been people who have made. But the but the difference there is why that's different is that show is centrally based around their dating lives. So Joey's constantly bringing slam pieces back to the apartment and Chandler can't get laid. So, so no. So if Bert and Ernie would have brought, br- you know, I, I, well, it's a kid's show. So you, right. you, you shouldn't be bringing sexuality into it at all. It's just, dude, nighttime, even though you're in separate beds, but same room. I mean, it does. It ju- All I'm saying is, is that, dude, back in the 80s, parents were bitching, saying that this was a homosexual agenda. And PBS and Sesame Street was, of course, like, no, you're the ones that have the sex on the brain. You keep doing it. And now the writer's like, nope, wrote them as a gay couple. And of course, you just wrote them as a, as a couple bouncing things off of one another. So, of course, they were in some sort of a relationship together. Now, ultimately, they're puppets. They don't have sex. It doesn't really matter. All I'm saying is stop telling me that religious-based people, conservative-style people, are lunatics for when they turn on TV and see stuff like this and go, this is really what they're trying to do, when in 25 years later we come out and say, yep, that's exactly what we were trying to do. That's exactly what we were doing. You can't have it both ways. There is a little bit of TV, certain programs trying to drag people into the area they feel like they should be in. Now, is that the area that we should be in? Probably. Okay, probably. But some parents aren't ready to go there yet. And don't make them sound crazy when they're saying, look at what's happening. Because sure enough, this is exactly what was happening. They're constantly talking to you about the societal slipping of the standard. And it has happened. And it's continuing to happen. More Stansberry shows right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I just posted this photo. If you're on Instagram, it's at uh, dan.stansberry, and I feel like less of a man now. This is about five years ago. I was, uh, I was bartending at Peabody's, and Fozzie played. And Chris Jericho is the, the lead singer of Fozzie. Obviously a WWE guy, or was. I don't know if he still is or not. But I'm standing there in that photo with him, and his arms just look massive. And like mine just look all puny in my t-shirt. I just, I was like, God, because I'm not a small guy, but dude, that dude's like ripped, and I'm just like, oh my god. And he's not even like one of the big dudes. I mean, don't get me wrong; oh, he's thanks, you know he's pretty, 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 you know, substantial there. But like, he's a short guy, though. Yeah, he's not. He's not like a like a behemoth at all. He's not a leviathan or anything like that. So like, dude, pro athletes, man. I mean, they, they're they, doing They got to have some muscle on them. Yeah, dude, that like, dude, his biceps are huge. I remember I was, you know, and this happens all the time where, you know, the, the, the conversation between Jordan and LeBron and like, oh, dude, athletes in the day just weren't as strong as they are today. And I buy into that. But I was looking at these like basketball cards I had in Mark Price's thighs, dude, ripped. Like, yeah. Not just like, oh, like, yeah, the guy's got muscle on him. And Mark Price is one of those dudes you look at and he's like, oh, dude, he's not big Little, at all. Kind of small. But when you're standing next to huge men, you know, being 6'3", 
you know, 245 pounds and look muscular, little. you look you look tiny. Yeah. So Dan Sansbury is where you can see me looking puny next to Chris Jericho. I saw this and I worry that this is one of those things I'm like, oh, well, what's the big deal? Because I don't have kids. But if I did, I'd be mad about. Okay. All right. I guess now, was this Avon? Yeah, Avon Lake. A mom uh, went to, like, you know, social media, of course, to complain, because that's what we all do. Uh, over, these are yearbook photos now she's complaining about. Apparently, there are options to, like, welcome to Photoshop, right? We all know photos can be touched up now. We, you've got filters on your Instagram, and you've got filters on your Facebook. You know how to doctor up photos. Now, imagine what a real photographer knows how to do. And just worth noting before we get into a Photoshop talk, Photoshop didn't invent touching up photography. No. Airbrushing is the first version of that. Photographers have been doing it for years. Photoshop was taking the tools that photographers had been using and put them into the digital world. So everything you can do on Photoshop has been being done to pictures for the existence of your life. Marilyn Monroe's photos were obviously altered. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Right. Don't don't live in that delusion of like, oh, dude, natural beauty. Nah. Okay. No such thing. Okay. Right? We're all gross. Right? But basically what you can do now in these photos is you can add a premium retouching. This is basic. It says it will whiten your, uh, it'll whiten your teeth and evens your skin tone out. Okay. You add 12 bucks for that. There's another basic retouching. It removes blemishes from your face and those kinds of things. That's a $6 add-on. So you're $18 in on top of whatever it costs for school picks. I don't know. But you're $18 extra for your kid's teeth to look white and the skin tone to be even. Now, let's not pretend you don't want your kids to look good in these photos. Right? Yeah. You give them a haircut and you comb their hair and you put them in a new shirt and you send them on their way. So a lot of parents are saying here, what are we teaching our kids that, that, that looks matter more than this? Well, let's not pretend that looks don't matter. I'll tell you what you're teaching your kid. You know what you're teaching your kid by doing this kind of stuff? That life is sink or swim. That dude, that, that, that honestly, that, that life is brutal and that people aren't going to just accept you the way you are, even though that's the lie you got to tell them. So they'll share on the playground. I know that's the lie you got to tell them. So they'll share their jelly beans. But at the end of the day, dude, the world's never going to be nice to them. And you know it. And that we live in a sink or swim society, and honestly, dude, life's easier if you're better looking. It is. For sure it is. And no better time to learn that lesson than when you're young. Oh, there's no question about it. It, 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 I've said this about other privileges before, but this is the way I always kind of- Hot privilege is totally a thing. Being an attractive person is 100% an advantage in your life. For sure There's no question about it. Um, and, And I guess with that being said, you can teach- you can teach kids that, hey, looks aren't the most important things in the world. And but that also, they will matter. And also include this. I, I, I guess. So why did you give your kids braces then? Yeah, well, I mean. You I can, mean, why'd you do that? You can make the argument of, well, you're going to have better oral health throughout your life with straight teeth. Is that teeth. why we did it? Or did we do it so your teeth are straight so people don't make fun of you so you have nicer teeth? And, and, and That's the, why we did at, it. At the end of the day, both these things can be true. You can tell your kids that, hey, looks are not the most important thing in the world, but they still matter. Uh, th- they do matter. That's part of the problem here is we just treat everything as a zero-sum game. Like, this is either A or B. It's a binary choice. And it's like most times you can you can get more out of life by not necessarily having to play that. This is what I always say, that life is not black or white. Most of the times, most of life gets operated and done in the gray. And you're right. That's what essentially what you're saying. But I would have, I have no problem with this. This also will help you, help you teach your kids this, that yeah, if you work harder and you have a better job and you have more money, you're able to do more things. 
I, 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 the thing I, I, to me that when I read this, I was kind of like, why are we still doing school pictures? Like, to me, that just seems like a waste of time within the school day. I think once upon a time, like, oh, hey, you know, you want to capture your child in the fifth grade. But, dude, we all have cameras, right? I mean, like, what, what are we professionally having somebody come in here for to do this? I think you answered your own question right there. Is that you're you're having somebody professional? Because, dude, a lot of photographers are listening right now, and they just high rolled us, right? Because they're like, it's like anything else, like you and I, right? There's podcasters out there. Why are we doing this? You know why? Because we're better than the podcaster is, and a photographer's better than some idiot with Instagram. Oh yeah, there's no question that a photographer is definitely going to take better pictures. I'm just saying from like the perspective of like money. If like we're all trying to save money in schools, and we're all trying to save like we're trying to get the most out of our education. Oh yeah, you're not wrong about that. And like and, and the okay. time the time invested in it. I mean, like you're taking every class, moving them down to the auditorium. They're good standing in line, taking pictures, doing all this crap. Where it's just like it was to, like a free day. Yeah, to, you're right. To me, it's like, why not just have every homeroom teacher teacher take a picture of them? Okay, boom, 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 boom. Put it in the yearbook. I, I, I this, this to me seems antiquated. I, the photos you yeah. said. Okay, all yeah. right. I, I can't necessarily argue that. I will tell you this: if eighteen dollars on top of whatever I'm paying for the picture gives my kids white teeth and better looking skin, and the photos look great, and they feel better about who they are as people because they're not encapsulated in a in a in a, in a yearbook forever looking poorly, then that's worth twenty dollars. Now this is a counterpoint. I don't know if I necessarily buy it, but is there something to that awkward third grade photo that makes you a little tougher? That makes you a little bit, you know, fifteen years later you can look back on yourself and laugh at what you thought was the most horrific thing that ever happened to you? Maybe maybe that ugly photo, maybe that middle school awkwardness is a good thing? Okay. Yes, maybe. What's better in the end for you? To have that tough moment, to overcome that tough moment, or to live as confidently as you possibly can as early as possibly? I would say that living through that tough moment was what gives you that confidence, not that 18 bucks spent. Okay. You know what? I can't. I don't have a great argument on the other side of that. You might be right about that. I've never looked good in a photo I've ever taken in my entire life, and I'm about as confident as you can possibly get for absolutely no reason behind any of it. So you might be right about that. More Sansbury shows right around the corner, and we're going to decide finally. Is it length or girth? We'll get it figured out. That's next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 169 online for you at WRQK.com. Sending you to see uh, Sammy Hagar is who it is. October 17th is when that show is. 9.30, we'll pass the tickets out. Also at 9 o'clock, parents are sick of the bullying issue. And they're doing something um, pretty crazy to help curtail that problem. We'll give you that at 9 o'clock as well. All right. This is one of those conversations, kind of evergreen, right? Because everybody's always kind of, well, men are ultimately always worried about this. And I think women, um, when thinking about taking on a sexual partner, probably have this front of mind too. And I'm sure guys really want to know the answer. Does penis size really matter? The answer, yes. I know women will say no. The answer is obviously yes. Right? Like, guys, here's a good, here's a good test for you. Does breast size matter for you? Chances are more often than not, probably yes. So isn't that then same logic going to be applied across the board, especially when talking about a utensil that supplies the pleasure? 
I would I would think I would think that sizing is going to come into play at least a little. It's going to be a factor. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be a part of it. Um, what I think that guys have misconstrued though in their mind is the appropriate window where it's like I think most dudes think that like well if size matters a big giant penis is what I have to have or the entire thing's for not where it's not necessarily that most women are going to have an acceptable zone. Some are going to have bigger than others. Some are going to have smaller than others. But at the end of the day... And some of them are just size queens and can't be made happy. That's just the way it is. Welcome to it. But a woman here says here, look, the way we do this sometimes is unfair to guys. She goes, when we talk about penis size, we tend to focus on length rather than thickness. She says that's completely unfair. She goes, girth and length provide two different but equally valuable feelings in the vaginal area. One is the sense of fullness, that being your girth, meaning you're filled up there. And the other is the sensation of going, you know, deeper in versus that that would be the length there. So they asked, uh, you know, a, a small group of women, but they took the age range very wide, 18 to 71. Okay. Okay. Now it was done at Survey Monkey. So, like, I don't even feel comfortable saying that, let alone feeling like what I'm hearing from there is credible, but let's discuss it anyway. Okay. Okay, so they send it out through multiple, you know, social media channels, that whole kind of thing, right? Men who have, um, I guess men who have sex with other men tend to have a higher level of anxiety about their penis size, too, because, again, you're being judged there by the same sex. I would have never thought about that, but sure, now that I read it, for sure you would, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, all insecurities are going to run common through most people, but I would think even more so maybe in that culture where it's like he's got one too. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, yeah, I could totally see that. So I have, I have the numbers here of what it is. Women, these women prefer length or girth. Now, what do you think that they said? I'm going to guess girth. I am. You were right. Okay. Girth. They say, if you have a fatty, they're calling Jeez. it. I don't love that. Jeez. Um, they say 70% of women prefer girth to length. Um, one woman actually says, what is a ton of length without adequate girth? In fact, only 18% of the respondents said that length was the most important to them. So if you're one of the 20% of men who worry that you're too small, rest assured, you're probably going to be okay. Fantone's always telling you that about this when we talk about the penis. Here's where men get hung up. Okay. I'm just going to be honest with you. You watch too much porn. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, Shawn Michaels, black porn star, of course it's huge. But the problem is, dude, and you're very different in this regard, Phantom, than I think most dudes. Dude, amateur porn has been on the rise. Yes. I think dudes are now watching people who are submitting their own videos at home and are going, dude, that guy's got a massive penis, and I don't. It's not just the porn stars. Okay. It's the guy who lives on the street from me that okay. has this, too. And you're starting to freak yourself out about it. Well, and I think the more, whether it's amateur, professional, or whatever... Before you answer, what I'm going to say is, I'll give you what I, what I think my answer is there. I'm sorry. But what I think it is, is that, honestly, if you've got a huge penis, you're probably more likely to upload the videos of you having sex. So I think what you're really looking at there is still the freaks of the sexual society in the regard of above-average penises. Yeah, I was going to say outliers for sure. I mean, yeah, you probably are more likely to, to, to do that. And more than that, it's I would assume that Pornhub's more likely to put that in front of you like small deed losers who are white who are putting videos up of them banging their 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 you know three of a, of a wife there Pornhub's probably like dude this isn't getting a lot of views back of the line for you so so yeah and I, I think more than anything though if you're if you're 
hitting yourself with these images left and right and left and right, and you're defining your sexuality out of pornography, just like you're going to feel inadequate with your penis size, you're going to look at your real life partner and be like, well, you're not as hot as her. So why? So like that, that's of course going to have a negative repercussion on what you've got going on in your sexual health there. I I would think, I would think yes. And ultimately, yes, it probably drives you to be less appreciative of what you have and more worried about what it is you don't have or what you're not getting. And so, yeah, that's probably going to cause problems in your relationship. Well, her ass doesn't look like that. So she's obviously insignificant. You're running yourself through that same filter, though. You really are. Like, This sounds so cocky and arrogant, but dude, I feel bad for dudes who don't get to sleep with hot chicks. Like, I, I don't, I mean, dude, I just feel bad because sometimes I'm walking around and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm part, sorry. Part, part of that problem is that, you know, I think society has promised all men or at least, women. Yeah, yeah for that sure. You, that everyone gets a 10 yep. at the end of the movie, for no matter sure. who you are, no matter what you've done in your life. It's you, because a six of a man wrote the movie. You get your, you get your 10. <laughs> That's why. Wh- whatever that 10 is to you, not everyone has the same version, but no. at, at the end of the day that you deserve your perfect girl. And Fair. that, that just certainly is not true. And then there's the lack of self awareness where it's like dude if now people can move up and down the dating numbers and i'm not just saying physically what you are as a number but like as you are as a person dude if you're a three and you think you're gonna get tens you're insane you're you're, you're literally just insane and like at that point of course now what you do can make you hotter it can make you more more attractive. Hotter is the wrong word, but more attractive to the opposite sex, or you know, same whatever you're after. Yeah, there's a million things that go into that numeric value of of who you are. For sure, your, your money your your money counts in it. You, who you are, like fashion wise, who you are as a person, personality wise, all those things play into it. But if you're being honest with yourself and where you fall on the scale. You can't expect to jump up six numbers. You can't. Like, I, I think you can maybe go up two, maybe go down two, and be happy. But you're not. You're not jumping. You're not jumping ladders here. Nah, two's probably right. An eight can date a six, or an eight can date a ten. You can be happy either way there. It's just you can't, like I said, you can't think that like, well, pff, barely got my life together. I'm a, I'm a train wreck health-wise. I look terrible. I don't care about myself at all. Yeah, but that perfect chick over there, she should totally be on me. See, like, my chick, like, to me, she's a total ten. Now, I think most guys would probably have her at an eight, especially here. Like, she'd definitely clear that bar here. And I don't feel like I'm up there. So I do. I feel like I am skipping ladders a little bit. But the difference is, dude, she doesn't know she's a 10. She's like, she has no idea. Like, she, if you talk to her, she thinks she's a six. And you have a job that allows stuff like that to you happen. You meet different people, sure. Where, where, where John Q. Public does not have that ability. I mean, your job alone adds points to you. You know what to I'm saying? In, yeah, for sure. It does. In, 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 the, in the human being scale, not just how attractive you are, but in the overall, like, well, is he somebody that I want around me? Our jobs definitely give you bonus points there. So yeah, like, you need a little sense of humor to do. It. You need a little charisma to do it. So, like, yeah, that you probably have those on the outside of the studio in your life too. But because guys always say that to me, she only wants you because you're on the radio. It's like, dude, have you ever listened to shows about who I am as a person though? So ultimately, it does come down to what it is I do. I've had to defend myself against that for 20 years now. And, and guys, I guess, of course you're going to feel unsatisfied. Of course you're going to feel inadequate. I'll also ask hot women out, and most guys are afraid. Afraid to do it. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not, dude I'm, dude, I'm not afraid. Guys, I mean, we just define ourselves so much in these areas where it's like, if, if this is really, if this is really like the thing on your mind of like, dude, am I a good man? Am I a person? Am I, am I, am I living up to everything that I could possibly be? And your penis size is like, oh man, that's really what's holding me back. Dude, a lot more than that's holding you back. A lot more than that is holding you. I would totally agree with that assessment. Now, if you're worried about the length of your, uh, or you know, if you're worried about the lack of your penis power, um, you know, supplying climax, don't. Truth is, they say here, this is math. 
it's science, 80% of women, 80, cannot reach orgasm from penetrative sex alone. That you're going to have to step up in the little bit of like pre-gaming, a little, you know, probably oral, maybe, um, you know, a, a stimulation with your hand there a little bit, but you're going to have you're going to have to get the engine running. That's another, I think, pornography thing that we've all kind of picked up on is that, well, if I just pound hard enough, then she's going to reach climax. And that's just not true. I mean, sometimes it will be for you. And like, if that's a relationship, you're in great. But as a whole, dude, you've got to look at the big picture of who she is sexually as opposed to just like, dude, pound town, two tickets to it. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly right. Here's a good rule of thumb. Whatever you want, the other person probably wants too. You know what I mean? So like that's where you got it. You got to be willing. And this is where lack of communication in the bedroom really screws people up. And a lot of guys have a hard time hearing, oh, yeah, I didn't climax or I didn't get there because you then view it as an indictment on you as a lover. It doesn't have to be. You just haven't figured out what makes you both work well together yet. And that you got to have those conversations. You got to be honest about one another. Like, dude, here's what's going to help me do that. And then do that for that person. You got to be willing to go there. You got to be willing to hear. It's like being, it's like going to work. Nobody wants to go into your boss's office and hear about everything you screwed up all week, but it's going to make you a better employee. Talking to your woman about how you're not you know, getting all the way there is going to help you get all the way there in the end, which will prevent what it is you're worried about, which is her finding a better lover than you. That's where all that comes from. Of, yeah. It's where it's that lack of con- It's where it all comes from. You're worried about being replaced by somebody better. So have the conversations and make sure it doesn't happen. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. I guess we'll get into some male stuff. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I guess. I'm having a lot of fun with Red Book Radio. I am. I'm liking it. It's a lot of fun in here. We'll be back with more of it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Divorce rate in this country hovers around 52% normally. So this shouldn't shock anybody that this is causing this. Or at least been listed in, I guess, 200 divorces this year alone. It was listed as a a cause, and a lot of things cause this. We talked about it a little earlier on the program. Uh, lack of money, lack of communication, lack of proper sex are a lot of things that can lead people down the path of like, you know, I got to get out of this relationship and or marriage. But not spending enough time with your partner can do this. Not not appreciating your partner enough can do this. And I'm reading this now from Esquire.com that the video game like sensation. Now, I don't play it, but I cannot deny the popularity of this game. It's called Fortnite. A lot of parents you probably heard this. Your kids are probably begging for money to buy like the skins and like the new things for it and like all this stuff. As a matter of fact, this is Fortnite's now how cell phone companies are starting to hook you in. I keep seeing this. Buy this cell phone plan, get Fortnite free skin and like that. They're using this game is massive. Now, is this a game that's on a console? Is it a PlayStation game or is it a a phone? So So, it's everything. So it's kind of everything, right? But I had the beta, like the first thing you could get on my Xbox. What Fortnite is, for those of you that don't know, it's a battle royale version of a game. And again, I have not played this since its first rollout. I was not a big fan. I don't personally get it. But um, But what happens is, is like you jump out of like a plane. And like you can then kind of pick where you like you are halo dropping into the area, but everybody else is doing this too. And it's the last person alive wins. 
Okay. So you build houses for shelter that you can like hide in, and then you find weapons on the ground. You're kind of doing that kind of thing. There are multiple versions of this. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Battle Underground's another one, but Fortnite's like the big name in the game industry right now, right? It's been listed at 200 divorces this year alone. Like, here's the thing. I'm a video game person, right? I'm a big Overwatch fan, still play that. If you give me a golf video game, obviously I'm going to be entrenched in that golf fanatic. But I can put about an hour, maybe two, maybe two into these things these days. Not much more than that. Now, again, I'm too old. Probably should have been here 20 years ago, but that's where I am now. Yeah, I was going to say, you've had dark days with this. Oh, God, dude. I mean, dude, 10, 12-hour sessions of Call of Duty for sure. Plenty of time. Which is insane. Yes. I mean, dude, that, that well, is, it's, it's mind-boggling that you were able to do that. As an adult, too. Like a full-blown, well, I mean, at least the oh. age of a grown-up. Okay. <laughs> at least the age of a grown-up. So, yeah. But if you're getting to the point where you're getting divorced because you can't get off of Fortnite, I'm sorry, dude. Like, you got problems. Well, I, I guess, I mean, and I guess, is Fortnite, is it is it like a kid's game or is it an adult's game or is it a little bit of both? There? Well, welcome to video games. They're kind of all things to all people now. This is going, it's going to be both is the answer. Okay, because like Grand Theft Auto is an adult game. Now, kids play it, but like it's marketed towards adult and like, you yes. know, there's games that are specifically marketed towards kids, but this is a little bit of both. A little okay. bit of both. So it's not necessarily that you're like, oh, you know, you can't put down a kid's toy, but I think this is very much... And I know this; these numbers will be considerably higher, but people who list like, well, this is Facebook is the reason I'm getting a divorce. You're not really getting a divorce because of Facebook. You're getting divorced because of the behavior of your spouse on Facebook. I would be willing to bet that Fortnite isn't really what's causing you to check out from your wife and why she's going to end up divorcing you. You probably have a, a long list of issues you've been having. This is what you're choosing to spend the time on, not why you're not spending the time there. Right. This is, this is the symptom, not the cause of the disease here. That's fair. I, I, I would That's just fair. I would just have to assume that Fortnite, for as popular as it is and for as addictive as I'm sure it, as it is, it's not it's it's not what's causing this. This is just how you're checking away from her. Risking relationships isn't the only reason to regulate your time spent playing video games, they say. Uh, the WHO added gaming disorder to its international statistical classification of disease and related health problems. Now, everybody wanted to point that around. Right? Yeah, everybody wanted to point that around and be like, see, we got to stop it. Should be pointing out the WHO back in the day used to call it, they were the ones who came up with trans, like, with the disorder. They were the ones that were like, dude, this is, this is abnormal, and then rethought it. So, welcome to science. In a couple of years, they'll figure out, nah, really not that big of a problem. We're going to move on. Dude, this is how stuff gets judged in the early onset of it when we don't really understand it. We just demonize it and go, bad. That's, that's how we do everything in this country, the way we've done everything from the beginning, and this will go along that line, too, at some point. But, yeah, no, Fantone's right. It's not the video game. It's the fact that you're trying to get away from somebody to play the video game. So just get away from that person. Life is long, dude. Life is long. People say, life's short. No, it ain't. Life is long, bro, or woman. And if you're unhappy, then leave and find somebody who can make you happy. What are you doing? Life is long, and it's your life. Spend it being happy. Find the person you should be with. More Stansbury Show at 9 o'clock and also Sammy Hagar tickets next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansbury Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Yo, Fantone from the Stansbury Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. People ask me about my LASIK surgery all the time and I tell them the same thing I'm about to tell you, dude. 2020 vision. That's what I wake up with every single morning. 
You know, I started wearing glasses in the third grade, and I thought I was going to have to deal with vision problems for the rest of my life. But thanks to my good friends over at the Roholt Vision Institute, the inconvenience of glasses and contacts is a part of my history, not a part of my future. So if you're done ordering contacts and you're sick of paying for glasses, I want you to visit a website. It is RoholtVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. For you Indians fans who feel like they're not getting enough representation on the program, should let you know Corey Kluber now has 1,400 strikeouts in 199 games. Pretty impressed about a Kluber out there. He also got his 19th win as the Indians defeated the White Sox 5-3 as they opened a three-game series at Progressive Field. Corey Kluber, the real deal there. Yeah, end of the day, I understand the thought process of why don't you guys pay more attention to the Indians? They're winning, and they're you know they when the public does, I will. They are like, and there's something to be celebrated about you know three consecutive years of winning your division championship. There's there's no question about it, and yeah, but like people just I don't know I I don't know why I wish I could give the I wish I could give the answer, but people just don't respond the same way. Just because something's a story doesn't mean it's a big story. And people will start to care about the Indians the deeper you get into the playoffs. It's just the way it is. And it's. But I've always said this about this area. It is Brownstown. It's just the way it is. It's football country. I have an Indians question that maybe somebody can help me with. Um, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez, definitely a, a young up-and-coming star in the league. And, yeah. you know, there's no question, a stud, a great, a great baseball player. Everyone calls him, in like, the GOAT. And are they really saying he's the greatest of all time? Or is that like something else that I don't know about? Some sort of goat joke? Or does he like goats? But like, nobody's really making that claim, right? Nobody's saying like, well, he's the greatest of all time, right? I think they're saying, I don't know, dude, this younger generation, they, they think people who have been out three years, dude, this generation thinks MGK's the GOAT. But but this is like, I mean, like, like the Indians just tweeted something out and said it. And, and oh. I I, for me, that's like, dude, come on. like No, you know, he, like, dude, he's, no he's not that. Yeah, that's that, that's not crazy. Yet. Unless, I mean. Will he retire as that? I don't know. Maybe. Does, does he have, like I said, maybe he has a pet goat or something that I don't know about, but it, it's crazy to say that if that's what people are saying. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that that's true just yet. If you're a parent, the bullying issue's got to be a lot for you. I know it's been, dude, it's been top of mind for the last few years. As a matter of fact, Fantone works for the Canton Charge. They do an anti-bullying day every year where like, kids go see like a day game and like, you know, it's like this anti-bullying push. It's always a really cool event. We always go. It's always really, really good. Right? And so if you got a kid and they're coming home from school and somebody's bullying them, you're going to be pissed about that. You're not going to like it. It's going to be hard to deal with. Well, in Japan, they're done. Okay. They're done. And they've now created the service for this. Where they have, they're supplying the uncle package. There's three versions of this. Okay. There's an uncle package, an evidence package, and a chaperone package. And we'll run you through them all. Essentially what this is, is you're hiring intimidating adults to protect your children. Ooh, I don't know. The uncle package is the service where a big, intimidating man in their 30s to 40s pretends to be a student's uncle. They'll give them a stern warning to the bullies and accompany the student on their way to and back from school. Service provided is around $443 U.S. dollars per day. So this is for the, the elite in Japan, I would imagine. Well, hell, dude, if you're going to give me $400 to go push it off sixth grader over. Like, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, all right. The let's... evidence package is where the uncle obtains evidence of a bullying by filming the scene with mini cameras or your phone. Okay. Well, Japan doesn't know the cameras in the phone yet. The uncle will report the evidence to the school and tell them 
uh, and then they will submit a complaint to the school board if you do not properly investigate the case. That's around, well, that one's that, that's actually less money. That seems weird. And then the last one here is the chaperone package, where the uncle visits the job sites of the bully's parents. The uncle then will protest in front of the office building and scream, a parent of a bully works here. That's about $1,800 a day. What? That can't be right. It says 2 million KRW, which I'm assuming is their currency. And then it gives you the conversion. And it says 1,700. Dude, somebody's got $1,800 a day over there? Well, I mean, they're super wealthy people. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, sure, somebody's got it. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot. What would you pay to protect your kid, like, from a bully, like, to have, like, a... Uh, this whole thing, to me, is going to blow up in your face. I don't think that this works under any circumstance. I think this is like when... You ever see the videos on Facebook where they're like, this kid got bullied and 45 bikers drove him to school the next day and now he's not getting bullied anymore until those bikers leave, until that uncle leaves, until that person leaves, and then all of a sudden you're going to get it Get worse. beat up more? Yeah, dude. There's no... Now, I, I do think parents and teachers and everyone has a role in that, but, but bringing somebody in as like the enforcer, I don't think that's ever going to work. Ever. I mean, I had a little bit of a version of this because I had an older brother, and he was like seven years older than me. So anytime I got bullied, he would just take care of it because my brother's theory was, dude, like there's only so many punches Dan can take a day, and I want them all. So, you know what I mean? So like you didn't like you didn't like when anybody else messing with me because that was his job, and so he would protect me. So I kind of had that. But you're right. When he wasn't around, I had to run fast. Like, I had to run really fast. Yeah, and at least at that point, your brother had, like, a long-term commitment to you of, like, at least there was something there. Well, we're really related. There's a love bond there versus just getting paid. Right, just getting paid. Okay, so your parents do this one time. I, that it, To me, that just seems like it is just, it is just prime for more picking on the kid. Yeah, I, I would have the desire to do it, though. Like, if my kid came home and he was crying and didn't know what to do, I'd be like, well, I mean, I guess we could do this, right? I mean, I guess we could try it. I mean, why why wouldn't you be that man, though? Because I got go to I gotta go to work. Instead of hiring somebody. I got to go to work. If, 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 you, if, you, if you think this is something you can outsource, and I think that's part of the problem, too, is that, yeah, you do have to go to work, but somewhere along the line, you got to go to your kid's school. You have to go be involved in those kind of things. And, and I think that's part of the problem, too, is if you think you can hire your way, out of this this is a conversation that you the father or the mother or whoever has to have with your child with the other parents with the other kids parents you know what i mean like I, you can't just be, throw money at this is stand up to a bully still the advice we give kids in 2018 that was the advice i got in 1985 which was stand up fight I, I, don't take it I, I think i think probably i mean i guess i don't know because i don't have kids but like do i think it's punch the bully in the face no but do i think stand up is still part of the message probably well you can't stand up to a bully without getting physical with them they're gonna get physical with you so you can't have it both ways that's a why they're bullying you is because they feel like in the end their strength will win out you think there's only physical bullying I think no there's there's definitely there's well yeah yes ultimately yes because dude verbal bullying isn't that verbal bullying you should be able to handle 
you should be able to shake that off. There is there is a little bit of do toughen up a little bit, get tougher skin. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words and dude, there's a reason why those were always the sayings. And there's reason why dude, those people are able to hold jobs and work all day without safety crying rooms down the hall at the office. And there's a reason. It's because your parents told them, yeah, dude, life's gonna suck. Life's gonna be a little tough. Rub some dirt in it. Get out there. There's gonna be a little bit of that. Like you do have to toughen up. You need thicker skin for the country in which you live in, for the world in which you live in. You are going to need thicker skin. Telling your kids and about this and open up your feelings and cry whenever you want. I'm just telling you, dude, you're just building a sissy who's not going to be able to make it in the real world. You're just not. I say it all the time. I'm exactly where I want to be. And part of the reason, part of the uh, part of the reason that say that of how I got here was by my dad constantly telling me, Dan, the world will never care about you. It will never be fair to you. This I promise you. So you're going to have to work harder than everybody in the room. You're going to have to want things more than every other guy in the room. You're going to have to, you're going to have to go this route. And yeah, there are going to be people who aren't going to be nice to you. You avoid them and gravitate towards the people who are. But stand up for yourself and never back down over anything you believe in. Those were the messages that I got. And sure enough, what do I have? The things I want. There is more Stansberry Show for you. There's also Sammy Hagar tickets. That's all next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out those Sammy Hagar tickets here momentarily. He's playing October the 17th. Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need. Check out the Red Rocker. In the circle, I guess he must have, he must have put a new uh, like band of uh, wabaritos together. <laughs> Sammy's a good dude, man. I've interviewed him a few times. Good guy. Met him a couple of times. Good dude. He's got a good life. You know, there was that meme going around not that long ago about Sammy Hagar. Like he and Bill Clinton are the same age. And it just goes to show you like what like rock and roll lifestyle versus like trying to be a politician, what it makes your face look like. And it's like there's a little bit of truth in that because dude, Sammy's got a good life. Just out there doing what he loves, drinking tequila, eating, you know what I mean, surfing when he wants. And Bill Clinton's like out there trying to get things done. He just looks miserable. Well, and certainly you gotta think too that like yeah, Sammy Hagar probably lived the rock and roll lifestyle, hard drinking, hard partying, but that's a lot easier to do and a lot easier to look good doing when you're rich. If you're living that lifestyle of like, yeah, dude, just drinking tequila every day, kind of laying around being a bum, if you do that in Canton, it's going to be tough to look good. If you do that in, in, in the islands, it's like, yeah, dude, life's perfect down here. We should be drinking every yeah, day. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's right. No, if you just do it, you know, right <laughs> on Tusk, it's, you know, your face is going to look like a catcher's mitt. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. I would agree with that. We'll get you hooked up with Sammy tickets here. So I'm reading this and I've been telling you about this, that technology is going to what this is going to do down the road is we're going to start. Um, Extortion is going to come back full circle. Like it's not going to be now. It won't just be the mob like extorting businesses for like you know hush money and you know protection money. That your neighbor is going to look to you know use extortion against you because they have all of your data and all your information, okay. and all your messages. Because everybody you know things are so easily hackable now. Well, there's a new like email scam, and I could see how this could work because a lot of you would be terrified of this. And a lot of you would be embarrassed by this. And as a matter of fact, I'm willing to bet a large portion of you listening right now would lose your jobs over this, even though I don't believe that you should. There's a new email scam out there that's threatening to send your pornography habits, what you're viewing, how long you've been viewing it, what you're looking at, to your friends and family. Unless you give us this money. Now, it's a scam. They're probably not able to do it yet. But down the road, you know this is where this is going to get. 
And so like they're like sending this out and people are now sending money like please don't do this to me. Maybe these people can't do it yet. But somebody but can. Somebody can. Oh, a kid in your neighborhood can for sure do this. 100%. If you think that that's like the 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 nut that just can't be cracked in the digital world is you watching porn, bro, you are nuts. Let's not bust nuts when okay, we're, right, right, we're right. talking porn. Okay. Let's let's not let's not do that. But like I uh I, I'm worried about this down the road. Now, my pornography habit, I've always, I, how many times have I said this on the air? That I would never be embarrassed about the porn I watched because it's all legal, right? Like, I'm not looking at anything you're not allowed to be looking at. However, there have been times in my life where the amount of it I had been looking at, I would be embarrassed to have to stand next to that math. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily just a question of is it legal or not or is it moral or not? Because once again, this is a situation where you are not even close to being average about, well, dude, yeah, of course you don't care if your porn habits went out because we have this open dialogue with an audience of thousands and thousands of people well, every day. once you've admitted you were molested by a neighbor at like four years old, telling people you like porn hubs really not that crazy for, for 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 you and I. It's like yeah, it's dude, what we do. We lay bare. Would it, would it would it be something that I necessarily want to like volunteer? No, but like I don't care. Like oh my gosh, can you believe to watch another JOI video? Gold God, it's like all right. Well, who cares? So let me all right to continue down this line of thinking because this is where a lot of guys would get screwed up. Like you would not be ashamed or even worried is probably the better word for your better half to find out. A, the last time you watched porn, or B, what it was you were watching when you last time you did it. No. I mean, do I want my girlfriend walking in on me in the middle of a, of, of a masturbation session? No. Of course I'm going to be embarrassed and be like, oh my God, I can't believe this. But like, if, if she was like, hey, let me check this out. Like I said, I mean, what, 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 what is in there that's so like, I mean, that my girlfriend knows like, everything I want sexually in life. Like we have the conversation all the time. So she's not going to necessarily be like, oh, she knows. So, all right. So, so, you know what? Let's examine this because a lot of dudes get in trouble with this in relationships too. You were looking at porn. What do I not satisfy you enough? Do you not get enough of what you need out of me? What is that? You're, you and your porn hoes? Like, like, so she doesn't get like you know, kind of weirded out about the fact that you're still watching porn? No, because we still have like a very healthy sexual life. It's not like we've gotten to the point where it's like, you know, I'm trying to have sex with you. I'm trying to connect with you. I'm trying to make this work. And, and here you are, you know, spent because you spent all day masturbating. No, like we like I, I think that's the thing is like you're not using pornography habits at its best as your primary sexual outlet. It's, Shouldn't. it's like an, it's, it's an auxiliary piece. It's an extra like, OK, you know. All right. So I, every day, dude, I have hours upon hours to myself at times. So it's like, well, yeah, inevitably you're going to get bored or you're going to be horny or you're going to have something happen there where it's like, I need this release or not. I need, but like, I want, I this, want it. I want this release now and you're not coming home for another four hours. So it's like eh. plenty of time to get it back up. again. Eh, yeah. Yeah. And I, it, well, that's the thing, too, is if that were if that were the problem, if it was like I'm trying to have sex with you and you can't or you don't want to because I'm not a porno, then you're getting into a problem territory right there but like this I, honestly i think masturbation is a healthy part of anyone's sexual identity it's not exclusively going to be like well i just have sex with my partner or or with other people you're gonna have to do this from time to time dude you know how many guys i know it's a lot do the amount of guys i know who are married whose wives consider it to be cheating, whether you use pornography or not, but if they are to masturbate, that essentially, dude, that what they are doing is stepping outside the bounds of that relationship. I would much rather, and this is, I guess, just from my perspective, if I'm a woman and I'm looking at my husband here, I would much rather have you masturbating looking at, at Lisa Ann as opposed to Lisa that works at the office, yes. right? Yes, yes. If I, yes. 
that if I, even as a man, like if it to know that like, uh, yeah, if the person I was dating was 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 pleasuring themselves to somebody they knew, it would bother me on a level of well, you can get that guy. Like right. that guy is easy right. to get. You can right. get that guy. That guy probably wants to have sex with you. And 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 I even think that like okay, so now we're talking about people you haven't necessarily had sex with. If you are just like masturbating through you know your mind, like inevitably you're going to go back to past sexual experiences, and that's even worse in my opinion. Of like now you're masturbating thinking about her. So now it's not even like okay, there's Lisa at the office, but this is Lisa that you banged out, you know, during college, and you're you're doing that. Not I would if, if I'm picking up those three Lisas, Lisa Ann is the way to go all day, right? Yeah, I I think you're you're probably better off with that fictional character who is now obviously Lisa Ann's a real person, but to you she's a fictional right. character, and she is a gold Olympian at sex. So of course you are to be. Sexually attracted. That's what she's for. That's what they're for. Right. There's a huge difference between like, all right, you're watching a professional football game versus like your you're kid. You're right. There's a huge, huge, huge difference right there. So, I, I mean, I understand that by no stretch am I saying like, well, no, pornography is healthy in every relationship and you should just, you know, pound away on yourself all day. Jeez. But like if you're if you're automatically going to like this is a negative, this is you cheating, you you are the woman. That's where the issue lie. If, if that's your automatic takeaway is that it's cheating. That's crazy. Yeah. I th- th- what I would say is I would want to sit that woman down and be like, let's start talking about stuff. Let's find out where, what's the onset of this. Who hurt you in a way that makes you think all guys are the same blanketed around this issue? Because that's what that is. Now, it might be your husband. Maybe he cheated on you in the beginning of the relationship. Maybe you feel like You feel like all of a sudden you can't trust him. You can't trust anything he's doing. And porn's the way that you're manifesting your anger. Okay, but that's but there's more issue there that that you, that you're not dealing with that that something else is going on. What do you think the percentage of men listening right now that would cough up money to not have their wives, kids, or like Ooh. mom and dad know Ooh. the last time or what they were watching porn wise? I, I wonder what more people would be intimidated by your loved ones or the general public. But at the end of the day, a lot of dudes, I mean, a lot of dudes aren't in the position we are where you can't be open about these kind of things. If you're a teacher, if you're a prof- no, that's what I'm saying. People are going to get fired from their jobs and you shouldn't be. Well, whether you get fired or not, if that information comes out as you as a cop and that comes out, that's going to seriously undermine like your credibility. And that's going to if you're a lawyer, if you're somebody that works in, you know, in, 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 in any professional setting, I would I would assume a lot of dudes would very, very much throw that money down. All right, I can do this because he's no longer alive. I would have never done this while he was still alive. But my father was a minister. Okay? Now I grew up in his house, obviously. That's where you're supposed to live, right? So like a lot of you, growing up, I was trying to hide things in my in my parents' house. I was trying to hide things in my closet and underneath the mattress. I was trying to hide stuff, right? And this is how old I am. This is back in like when DVD porn was like all like the rage, right? And I had an entertainment center in my bedroom. And obviously your parents check your bedroom when you're not there. Like they're trying, you know what I mean? They're trying. That's And again, that's not you snooping. That's you parenting, by the way. When your kids are, that's your goddamn house. It's not their bedroom. Get in there and make sure your kids don't have things they're not supposed to have. Get in there and parent, by the way. So they would, obviously that would happen, right? And so you don't take things out that, that you're really worried about. I was like 17. Like I'm coming into my own sexual. Long story short, dude, my father was a minister. And I kind of caught him crepping around my bedroom one night when he thought I was sleeping, like looking through my DVD collection, I think kind of looking for something. 
Now, I don't have a problem with that because he was a minister. He had a wife and all this. He's still a sexual person. It's yeah, when everyone. you start going into that clergy stuff and you know removing sex from their lives. That's when everything goes haywire and off the rails. Let people be a sexual being. But I'm willing to bet that had the congregation heard about that, it was going to be like, well, dude, how are you going to stand up there on Sunday and tell us how to live our lives? And yet you still are victim, falling victim to your, your desires. Yeah, I think most people, especially, I mean, obviously in a, in a situation where you are a, a, a point of authority within a community, of course you're not going to want that. But most people have something like that where it's like, God, I'm so, I can't let this out. And it, it depends on what the dollar amount is. But if we're talking 500 bucks, dude, I think a vast majority of dudes are going to be like, yeah. Well, that's where the criminal is going to have to be really, really smart is because, dude, what you want to hit is multiple targets. For, I mean, you got to find the amount of money that most human beings are like, oh, for that, yeah, I got to do it. Now, I don't know if I'd ever pay it just because, dude, if you give in to a terrorist, it just gives them incentive to terrorize you further. But I know most people listening right now would be like, oh, dude, if my wife finds out about that, I'm in huge trouble. If my daughter finds out about that, I'm going to be embarrassed for the rest of my life. If my boss finds out about that, there's a chance I lose my job. And you would totally pay for that. And, dude, technology, I'm telling you, we are headed here where your neighbor is going to be the person that's extorting you. Can't wait. Should be fun. More Stansberry Show after we get you hooked up with these Sammy Hagar tickets October 17th. Playing the Hard Rock Roxino. We're send uh, caller 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106 Nights. Football season is here and Bell Stores Marathon has all your game day needs. You'll be the MVP for keeping your family and your vehicle game ready. Make Bell Stores an essential part of your game day ritual and get everything you need for a victory in one stop. Bell Stores, keeping your team on full. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9 all week long. We'll have those Sammy Hagar tickets for you October 17th. He's playing Hard Rock Roxino with each other there. Also, every Tuesday night, you can now go fishing with fish. Uh, sorry. Nope. That's not right. <laughs> you can go bowling with fish. That is what you can do. every Tuesday. <laughs> that's what you could do with fish. I started saying, I was like, yeah, I don't no, think that's right. That's I don't think I have that right. That's wrong. You can go bowling with fish at, at AMF uh, Lanes there. Uh, you can get all the information. WRQK.com. This will be Tuesday nights. I think it's like eight weeks and it's like only 10 bucks or something like that it's like super cheap nice yeah so fisher will be hanging out with you every tuesday night check that out wrqk.com uh dude so obviously the browns playing tomorrow night at home first energy stadium there um i kind of want to go really yeah i kind of want to go here's the thing i know for like a week and a half i've been saying if sam Darnold comes in here and he kills you Right, I've been saying, I've been setting it up, and but again, it's just hypothetical. I'm not necessarily making said prediction. I'm just giving you the hypothetical. But I think that this is a game they can win, and they can win at home. You, those two things combined, I mean, dude, they haven't, they, they didn't win a single game all year last year. Only won the season before. You don't want to be there if they're going to be able to do it at home. I kind of do. Oh yeah, I mean, there's. There's a, going to be a party. When that happens, it doesn't matter when, doesn't matter who the opponent is. Obviously, week one would have been the real party. But when that happens, it's going to be, uh, 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 there's going to be, you know, joy in the streets. People going to be high-fiving each other and stuff. Do you think but, it'll look like a, will it look like a championship win for another city when we win a regular season game? Championship win, no, but a playoff win, sure. Um, people are going to be losing their minds. But the thing is, is like, what if they don't? You know what I mean? And then you're going to be like, what the hell did I do this for? I know tickets you can get for like a dollar, but like... Is that right? Oh, you know, dude, tickets are super cheap. It worth seats in the house. Sure. But like, you know... But you, you're there. But you can get tickets to the game, 
But I don't know, dude. I feel like if you go and more likely than not they lose, yeah. I, that's dude. It's gonna suck. I just they can win it though. They can win it, and they can win at home. There's no question, and it'll be interesting to see. The way I think they win it is 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 all going to be based on Miles Garrett. And last week I was kind of down on him because he had a ho hum game. But then I don't know if you follow this guy on Twitter. It's like Brown's film breakdown or yeah, something that like guy's that. great. It is. It's perfect because it gives you such good insight onto things. He didn't have a bad game in the sense he wasn't well in the sense he wasn't productive. But it was because he was getting double triple teamed at all times. He was still making an impact, which is why which is why so many other guys were able to eat during that game. So many other dudes. Oh, or whatever yep. his name is. Yeah. So the, that's, that's why they had the availability. So I think it'll be very interesting to see that if Miles Garrett is able to put pressure onto a rookie quarterback, how that impacts the game. And I really do think that that's how the Browns have their best shot is through just getting in Sam Darnold's grill and staying up on oh, it. Oh, that's how you win. That's I mean, that gives you the best shot to win any NFL game. Tom Brady's the same way. You pressure Tom Brady, he's not as good. Just welcome to quarterbacks. And yes, Miles Garrett has the kind of ability to get into a rookie's head for sure and get him shot. And that's one of the reasons why I think there's a possibility. Now, I don't think you win. I really don't. I think the Jets probably beat you. Um, I think their defense is better than people are giving it credit for. Sam's a better quarterback than he looked last week. He will continue to grow week in and week out. Um, And I think he beats you. And I do. And I think, honestly, I've been saying it. I I, I think that there's, there's a concern of the locker room then looking at it going, oh, my God, we took Baker Mayfield. He's undersized, doesn't have a powerful arm, and he's not going to be able to push the ball downfield in November in the AFC North for the next 10 years. We did it. Again, we screwed it up. We pissed. We 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 missed Wentz. We missed Watson. These guys with these cannon arms who can just push the ball all the way downfield and are athletic on the other side and can do all that stuff. And Baker's really not much of anything. He's a moderate athlete. He's got a moderate arm. He's got, but he's a winner. And there is something in that. There is something in that for sure. There is. And I think he's probably a B plus. But Sam's probably going to end his career as an A. Probably going to end up being really really good. And I think the players are going to see it. And I think. They're going to go, oh, my God, we screwed it up. And then the fan base is going to go, oh, my God, we screwed it up. And then, dude, Dustin, the most optimistic Browns fan you'll ever meet in your entire life, my buddy Dustin, was out. Dude, yesterday we were out on the golf course, and he told me, he's like, dude, he's like, they're going to lose week three, and then Hugh gets fired, and they're going to start, they're going to start Baker week four. Now, I've said for, since before the draft, or actually right after the draft when they drafted Baker Mayfield, I said week six he plays. I think that's where it is. But I'm telling you, dude, if those players, if they see it Thursday night and they're looking at at a future Hall of Famer on the other side and they're looking at Baker Mayfield like, bro, you can't beat out Tyrod Taylor. Like, I'm telling you right now, they're going to stop buying in and this whole thing's going to go off the rails. And everybody who told me they were going to win eight games and I kept trying to tell you, no, they won't. Wait till the season starts. They'll come back down. They'll start to look like the Browns again. And sure enough, here we already are. Dude, two games in. They already look like the Browns again. Oh, can't wait. Good times for the show tomorrow. Cannot wait. Aside from that, we're done. If you missed anything this morning, podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 93.1.